This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? Oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank uh, you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Todd and Friends Podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Greg Snow sitting in for Todd Bergeth today. And I get a chance to talk to the voice of the Golden Gophers, Mike Grimm, who is out there in East Lansing, Michigan. 25 degrees out there, Mike. I'm assuming you're already out there. It's an early tip for you guys, are you not? Yeah, yeah. We came in yesterday uh, afternoon. It was windy as a son of a gun, cold as heck last night. And then um, a little warmer today. Uh, I was joking with some of the folks on the travel party. I don't know how many times now I've been in here between football and basketball. Um, but I don't believe I've ever been in East Lansing when the sun's been shining. It's always gray and overcast every single time. I don't know what it is in the winter um, about the uh, about the weather. Although I will say this, it um, it, it uh, Justin Gard, who does the women's games uh, for us on the Gopher Radio Network, uh, he he brought this to my attention. He's like, now he's been in it a couple years. Every Big Ten stops the same in the winter. You land the plane, you get off the plane. It's gray, overcast, cold, a little windy, and it's like the like Groundhog's Day. Mike, so yeah, it, I, it's I, an overcast day. I got great news for you. You're probably going yeah. to UCLA next year. You're <laughs> you're going to Washington. You're going to get yeah. some better weather, my friend. Yeah, no doubt, no <laughs> doubt. And I will say, Minneapolis. It seems to me the sun shines more often in the winter there than some of these other places where we uh, we go to. Well, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about last night then. Uh, you guys get in. I'm guessing you had a chance to watch the Gopher women Did they uh, as they took uh, on a tough Indiana team. They lost 62-85, but I'm not sure that that's a bad loss. Do you get a chance to uh, partake in that, or were you guys in flight? Yeah. Uh, I watched a little of it on my phone. It was on Peacock last night, so I watched a little on my phone um, while I was also watching... Um, the Big Ten game was what Northwestern and Maryland, and then I forget who the first game was that uh, went to overtime. Uh, Rutgers and somebody I forget now. So um, I, uh, Rutgers and Nebraska just popped into my head. So b- both those games were pretty good. Um, and, and so yeah, I watched. I was I was flipping uh, channels and watched the women. And yeah, that um, you know the women's team is hovering right on the bubble right now for NCAA tournament. They're thirteen and four. Um, Indiana's really good at home. They're 15-2 and two now overall, and they're undefeated at home. So they were a big underdog in that one last night. Um, I, I, didn't, um, I, I didn't have a chance to read any comments from um, the head coach or any players. I don't know what the reaction was, if they felt like they gave a good showing. Um, I thought they really struggled in the second quarter when I was watching, and I can't believe that they're they're real thrilled about how they played that second quarter last night. Yeah, I got a nice win against Nebraska earlier in the week. So again, you can't win them all, and I'm sure they wanted to be yeah, more quote yeah. unquote competitive. But at the end of the day, it's just an L. Three and three in the Big Ten, uh, Mike. Would you say that they're probably where they were expected to be, or are they outperforming? I think probably a little better. And again, it's all relative because I think when you had this top ten recruiting class come in last year. Um, maybe the expectations were higher last year, and then they then they fumbled their way almost literally as they were one of the country's leaders in turnovers um, most of last year, and just couldn't win games or enough games. It ultimately cost uh, you know Lindsey Whalen the, the head coaching job, and so 
so all of a sudden expectations switch now. You know, the top ten recruiting class they had last year, not that they didn't perform, they just didn't they just didn't win a lot. And so now you're not sure. And the Big Ten's good. Like there's a lot of good teams. Last year was probably the best year in the history of the Big Ten for total number of really good teams. So it was hard for four freshmen, uh, ballyhooed as they were, just to come in and start winning games. So now they have a year under their belt. I think they're, uh, you know, the style of coaching is different. I think they're, um, you know, they, they've been prepared for, for different things, and I think probably they are exceeding expectations. But we just weren't sure. I wasn't sure what the expectation should be. It was really hard to, to place an expectation on them. And um, if they can uh, figure out a way to, to win enough games to get into the NCAA tournament, I would say, that would that would have exceeded expectations, and like I said, they're kind of hovering right right on the bubble right now. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I think anything in it that has an NCAA tournament on it is ahead of schedule and ahead of what we would think, especially with a brand new coach. And you're right, switching styles. I've got February 28th circled on my calendar, Mike, and uh, you probably already yeah. know about this. That's the uh, Caitlin Clark game. Hate to put it on one person because again, she plays for Iowa, but. If there's one person that has revolutionized women's basketball in the last couple of years, it's her. Um, she is it. Um, what are the Gophers? Uh, what does what does University of Minnesota do? I see they already got ticket prices up for that game. What more are they going to do? It looks like it's an eight o'clock game late. Uh, tell me about this. That game sold out, so they they, they can't do much more. Oh, it is. Um, that, that game sold out in December. Oh wow. Um, and so Caitlin Clark's impact on college basketball is, has been so big. Um, she has become must-watch TV. People are tuning in, the ratings of the Big Ten Network and those kind of things. At the start of the year, um, some of Iowa's games, even with Caitlin Clark, um, were ticketed for BTN+. Plus. Well, Peacock has scooped. I think I want to say I read yesterday that Peacock has now got five straight Iowa games, right? And that wasn't necessarily going to be the case. And all these people, I, I admit, I... They played Wisconsin the other night. I, I didn't watch the whole game for sure, but I, I wanted to see. Yep. And so I clicked on, on the Peacock app on my phone and watched the, uh, I don't know, the, the parts of the third quarter of that game that, that uh, Iowa played against Minnesota. Uh, they have basically sold out every road game they've played in the Big Ten now. They sold out Purdue. They sold out Rutgers. Um, I'm, I'm forgetting who else they play. I don't follow it that closely. But I, I will say um, the impact she's had um, – and something to do, I just saw somebody tweet, and I don't, you know, Twitter, who knows what's true and what's not true now, right? What's fake right. and real. But some some sports business webpage tweeted out that, and again, it's the most expensive seat. It's not every seat. So somebody has listed uh, Iowa, Northwestern, in Chicago or in Evanston, women's basketball, premium seat for 1000 bucks on a, on a secondary website. Wow. So. Well, I get that. I don't know, but um, you know, I, I did click on to see. And um, you, if you didn't get tickets uh, for the Minnesota Iowa game, it's likely you're going to be spending upwards of ninety to a hundred or uh, several hundred dollars if you want to go watch your play in person at the barn in February. So that's what she's had. That's the impact she's had. They've won fifteen straight, I think. Now they're seventeen and two, um, and they're pretty good. They're fun to watch. They get up and down the floor, and she is basically unguardable. And um, the other night when I happened to be watching, uh, this was in the first half. She's just dribbling up over half court and just uh, no offense at all, just pulled up 35-footer and rattled it home. And I'm like, well, that's a heck of an offense, <laughs> you know. Yep. Um, and, she, and she's getting it done. And, and people say, well, she shoots 
you know, 40 times a game. Nope. She averages about 22 shots a game, which is a lot. But if you go back, all the great players, like, like Michael Jordan wasn't, score, wasn't scoring 40 a night by shooting eight times, right? right. I mean, yeah, there's a reason. Uh, quite frankly, in watching them, I think she should shoot more. I think she <laughs> looks to pass too much. You know, she looks to pass too much because I think there are times where she definitely wants to hunt assists so that she gets double-doubles and triple-doubles, and, and I don't blame her, and she wants to keep her teammates involved, and they're good. You know, nights where, they're, nights where the other players are shooting the three well, they will not lose. I, there's not a team that will beat them. There just isn't. Um, where they may get bounced or lose will be, you watch it, if they get upset by somebody, maybe the Gophers, who knows, it will be, you'll look at the box score in Iowa, will be like four for 23 from three or something, right. two for 22. Um, and and it will be, you know, she'll be uh, having off night, and her teammates will. But if her teammates are hitting threes, they won't lose. They, 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 it will be almost impossible to beat them. Yeah, the looks she can get her teammates are just unbelievable. And if you don't know yeah. what Mike is talking about with this gal, then you're living under a rock and you haven't uh, followed any social media because this gal is electrifying and you you need to watch her. And I I think she's going to really spur on the WNBA no matter where she lands. Yeah. It's going to be yeah, huge I, watching her. Yeah, and Greg, I'll say another thing too, because you know, I, I you know, I grew up in Iowa. I, I actually, people probably don't know this. I was the voice of Iowa women's basketball for one season when I when I worked in Iowa. Lisa Bluter, who was their current coach, uh, in her first year, I I was in my first year doing uh, Iowa women. They won the Big Ten tournament, which that year was held in Grand Rapids, Michigan, of all places. Mm. Um, and and I did a couple of NCAA tournament games, and then. Um, when that season ended, I took a job in St. Louis to do St. Louis Cardinals pregame and postgame. This was back in 2000, 2001. Um, so I, you know, I've grown up there. I follow that program. Um, that coaching staff is, the three of those coaches are still intact from that. So that's 25, they're in their 25th year there. And so it's a long time ago as of almost a previous life for me. But uh, the point is I follow that program. Um, and so I watch them sometimes. And in, you know, previous years, I've watched Caitlin Clark very impressed with her but i'm like she she i don't know if she's big enough to really you know just go in and dominate the wnba then they had big 10 media day in october at the target center so i I covered that and in person she is six feet she's six feet tall they list her at six feet but you see on tv and you're like ah she ain't six feet and plus she's a little skinny telling you what you see her in person she is all of six feet and six foot guard is is tall in women's basketball that's a good size guard and she is also, um, I, I don't know how to say this without, you know, she's toned. Like, she's got some muscle yep. to her. She's not, like you see her on TV, she looks skinny. She She's not that skinny. And her strength is she can create separation because she's tall. So she can get a shot up over these 5'8 players who are guarding her. And she can step back from 30. And her strength is enough that she gets a, a jump shot off. It's not a heave. It's not a desperation chuck. It is a straight in rhythm uh, total fundamental jump shot on the step back, like you see NBA guys doing, and she's doing it with ease. And so, um, I agree. I think I, I wasn't sure watching on TV. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, she's she's great, but does it translate to be a superstar in the WNBA? Because WNBA, I mean, they got you know 12 teams, which means every team is an All Star team. Correct. That's a, that's a hard league to break into. Like some of the best players in Gopher history. Um, can't even make a roster uh, in the WNBA. You know, uh, you know, you think of some of those, uh, some of the really good players they've had over the years, and it's it's hard. Uh, and that, and Minnesota's not alone in that. Um, but then seeing her in person, I'm like, oh man, she's that's imposing. Like, you know, she's not just 
tiny like like I thought on TV. So that's a long answer to Caitlin Clark, but um, man, she has really definitely elevated basketball uh, on the women's side of things. Love it, Mike. That's great insight. All right, let's switch over to the men's. A weird 5.31 tip-off today, which is 6.31 your time out there. Uh, but again, most people aren't even home from work yet to tune in, so they're going to have to listen to you guys, to you and Al Nolan on the road as yeah. they uh, as they take on Michigan State. 12-5 and five Gophers, 10-7 and seven Michigan State, both kind of mediocre in Big Ten. Uh, Vegas has it at uh, Michigan minus 11. Mike, how do you see tonight's game? Yeah, I thought that was a little, a little aggressive. I, I you know, uh, Michigan State has, you know, they've got talent. They were ranked fourth to start the year. Uh, started out the year shooting poorly. Their first, they were two for thirty-one from three in their first two games. Uh, last fifteen games, though, they have shot the ball much better. Uh, consequently, their record has changed, and they've won uh, six of the last eight. Uh, they're almost unbeatable at home. So I, I get it. I mean, certainly Minnesota's an underdog. Um, I also think there's some uncertainty uh, with the Gophers and who might be healthy. Uh, Pharrell Payne was limited in action against Iowa. And, you know, I, I, it's hard to fathom how Minnesota could win that game if Pharrell does not play tonight. Um, they rested him uh, in practice the last couple of days, hoping to uh, get that. Uh, I think it's back spasms. And anyone who's had back spasms and back injuries know how frustrated it is because it can feel great, and then and then boom, in just an off step or a weird muscle motion, it just will seize up. And so I think that's what he's been dealing with. So they, you know, he might play, and then all of a sudden have to sit. Who knows? So I think that's some uncertainty. And then Elijah Hawkins, a very good point guard, um, who's amongst the country's leaders in assists, he he rolled an ankle in that game and played through it, but apparently it really swelled up, uh, swelled up, I should say, after the game. And we'll see. I think he's going to be questionable tonight. They'll probably have both those guys go through warm-ups. So it could be what is already, uh, you know, Greg, an uphill fight could even be a bigger uphill fight if one or both of those guys aren't uh, available for Minnesota. Well, you answered one of my questions because I'm the, the Pharrell Payne uh, quandary is still out there of, like, what is what is Ben saying that the rest of us are not? And so that, that yeah. helps me that there's uh, it's injury issues. I think Ben wants to play him. Is that correct? No question, and and you know, in terms of a post presence, and look, they're getting into the Big Ten. I think, my opinion, uh, you know, and what I don't, you know, what do I know? But I think they, you know, the a lot, Mike. Were, <laughs> I think the Gophers were impacted by the length of both Iowa and Indiana in their last two losses, um, and I think if Pharrell Payne can start alongside Ola Joseph at the three, and then uh, Dawson Garcia at the four, now all of a sudden you're six ten, six nine, six eight and the length is probably a little less imposing. And then you can rotate those guards through um, with, you know, when Ola Joseph comes out, one of those guys bangs down to the three. And um, so I think ideally that would be a lineup he would like to use. And depending on how things go tonight, who knows if he'll be able to. But, yeah, Pharrell um, is, a, is, a, is, you know, he had the double-double at Indiana, played 30-plus minutes, and, you know, was part of his issue Sunday with those back issues uh, related to playing so much. So not only um, does Ben have to worry about can he play, he also has to worry about, well, man, um, how many minutes should I play him? Because if we play him 30, uh, is that going to impact what uh, we have for the next game down the road? All right, my next one's kind of a longer question, but I'll try to summarize it as best as I can. Uh, the games I've seen of the Gophers this year, effort has not seemed to be an issue. It looks like they want to play hard for Ben Johnson. I didn't yeah. get to see the Iowa game but I saw a lot on Twitter or X of people talking about effort. Uh, 
Mike, did you see a, a, a drop-off in effort in that Iowa game? It felt like it was a very winnable game for the Gophers at home and kind of laid the half of an egg. Did you see that all from your uh, radio perch? Yeah, I don't know about effort. I think it's hard to say because, you know, it, when you look Selly on defense, what Iowa Iowa runs good offense. McCaffrey's teams have always run good offense, and they ran good offense. They ran back cuts. They ran some back doors. The Gophers got caught napping. Um, is that effort, or is that just a mental lapse, which some people would say, well, that's those are both the same thing. Um, I think you can be trying as hard as you can and get beat back door and not necessarily mean that's an effort thing it's just oh shoot i got beat i was in fact i'm trying so hard i'm out guarding it so tightly that the back door now becomes open so i don't think it was effort i I, and i think you're you're astute in your observation i think this team um has been um the the highest compete level to use the hockey term that they always talk about compete level that we've had for a gopher team here in a minute you know for a while now um uh, I, I do think they were shocked early at Indiana. I, I don't think it was effort. I just think they were shell shocked. Like that's the first real hostile environment they've played in. Mm-hmm. I know they were at Michigan and at Ohio State, but neither were sellouts. I mean, Michigan was barely half full, and Minnesota won that game. Um, that assembly hall is loud, and it can get you. And that length, I think, surprised them. I think before they knew it, they're down whatever it was, 19 in the first half. Um, I don't think it was effort. I just think it was mentally, oh man. That, you know they got shell shocked a little bit, and it happens. It doesn't. It's not a character flaw. It just happens. And when you look, I think now after last night, um, with the two home teams winning last night, I think the record is like thirty four and ten home teams in, in all Big Ten games played so far this year. So that's a pretty high percentage. Yeah, I was watching one of the games this weekend, and they were, and I can't remember which commentators it was, but they said it's going to be really hard to win on the road in the Big Ten this year. Yeah. So you better figure that out. It looks like a lot of parity. Okay. Uh, we only got a couple minutes, but I, I got to ask you, give me your best Tom Izzo memory or story or whatever you got. You got about two minutes, Mike. Go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I've enjoy, I know I know uh, he's a love-hate guy in terms of fans. You know, he, he yells at the refs a lot, and fans don't like that, and uh, he, he gets on his guys a lot, but then he ends up showing them the love. Uh, I am a Tom Izzo fan. Um, he, one, because he is nice enough to let us do a pregame interview with him, um, as many of the coaches do in the Big Ten. And I always, I always enjoy it because I think I, it, it, in talking even like for a three-and-a-half-minute pregame interview and then for a minute or two before and after, um, you, you get some insight. You, you find out a little bit about him, and then we can relay that on to, uh, we can relay it on, on to the listener. So years ago, uh, it was probably my third or fourth year, Penn State was not very good, and they upset they upset Michigan State. So I'm set to interview Izzo. He's in his office. Don Zierden was my color commentator at the time. So, yeah, it would have been my third year. And Don knew him through Flip Saunders. So we went up to his office to record the interview, and we then uh, he proceeded to show Don Zierden a good half hour worth of film from that game, and they talked it out. And it was like I was like a kid in a candy store oh. listening to these guys. And I can't say some of the stuff that was said on the radio, or <laughs> uh, say on the radio, I can't say some of the stuff they said in that meeting room. But it was incredible. Uh, Penn State was throwing in all this garbage. And so Izzo was asking Zierden, do you think I need to jump these guys? He's like, this is well-guarded, man, and they're just throwing in slop. And it was great. I mean, I was in – it was like, holy cow, I'm sitting here watching this Hall of Fame coach with one of my good friends, Don Zierden, who was an NBA assistant and the coach of the Lynx at the time. Um, and we're just watching them break. I'm just watch, watching them break down. So that's my great Tom Izzo story. Awesome. It was so much fun. And he's always friendly, always 
Um, even, you know, we caught him one time on a losing streak, had no issue, ask how everything's going. Um, he used to ask about Flip all the time when Flip was alive, Flip Saunders, because we would see him around with Ryan around. And um, just I've just always liked him, and I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but I would have no issue if my son was a high-level player sending him to play for Tom Enzo, that's yeah. for sure. Well, Mike, you and I'll have a great call tonight, and good luck, and let's get the Gophers a W, all right? All right, yeah, enjoyed it. Thank you. All right, thanks. That's Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers. I'm Greg Snow sitting in for Todd Brigeth on today's Todd and Fred's podcast, brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC. We hope you all have a wonderful Thursday. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.